0: This is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Go! Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I ask what's in store for the future. Welcome in. We are live here on this Tuesday. Appreciate you guys joining me here on A to Z. Make sure you guys give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On ATL. I'm at Mark Zino M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-O. Don't forget uh, Locked On Atlanta now on Roku TV. However you get Roku TV, download that app on your Amazon Fire Stick. Check out all the programs on Locked On Sports Atlanta right on Roku as well. Subscribe. Like the YouTube channel, and uh, all that stuff is free on YouTube as well. So we got a lot to do today. Um, the Hawks' season is on the brink of starting here tomorrow on Wednesday. They make a move last night, a little bit curious. Braves off season now officially underway, and uh, there are some questions to be answered. We'll get to that. But I, I wanted to start with the Atlanta Falcons um, because you know I was having a conversation with my colleague from ESPN.com, Mike rostin yesterday before the Arthur Smith presser. And a thought got churning in my mind Um, because I'll say this much, too. and, And Arthur Smith brought this up yesterday at the press conference. Part of the reason why the Falcons are three and three is because they are so good at situational football. And situational football is determined by coaching as much as it is by the players. Right. If you're going to be a good team situationally, obviously you practice it. Obviously, you work towards it. And the Falcons are really, really good at it. And Arthur Smith brought that up yesterday that that situational football to them was more important than any stat. It was more important than any number or anything like that. Because at the end of the day, your defense could give up a, a decent amount of yards. Get off the field in third down in a crucial situation late in the game. you got a much better chance to win it. Like, that's what it all boils down to. Convert a big third down on a, on a drive that's going to get you a chance to go take the lead. That stuff changes the outcome of the game. And that's more important than necessarily completion percentage or quarterback rating or anything else. So this is a really good situational football team. Part of the reason they're good situationally, at least on offense, is because of Marcus Mariota. You can't deny that at this point in time. Uh, he's been able to move the sticks. He's been able to make big plays when they need it. You can go back to the, the completion of O.Z. Um, in the Cleveland game. You go back to the third and 12 yesterday that he scampered for 15 yards on. Like All those things are part of the reason why they're good situational. And this sort of led to a conversation about Mariota. And we've said this now for two weeks, that the Ritter conversation is dead. He's not playing this year until the Falcons are eliminated from playoff contention. Or, you know, Marcus's play gets so, so bad that over the course of a three or four week span, he's hurting the team. And I don't think you're going to get to that point. It would have to take a very ominous turn. So here's the big picture question. Because I've said repeatedly, guys, take a 30,000 foot view with this team all season long, right? Well, um, you know, think of it this way. Let's say now at 3-3, and because we started to use the P word yesterday, playoffs, right? Like, we started to use that word because it's there. You're a third of the way through the season. You're 500. You're tied for first place in your division. And you have a chance to do something not many people thought you could do, and that's make the postseason. So let me ask you this, folks, and I want you to think about this big picture. If Marcus Mariota and the Falcons make the playoffs this year, can you move off of him next year and go to Desmond Ritter? Or do you have to re-sign him, extend him, and keep him? A lot of teams, a lot of teams are extremely hesitant to move off a starting quarterback that gets you to the playoffs sometimes to their detriment. It's an interesting question to ask. You know, two things have now happened. Remember what we thought, and you have to go back. This is what we thought. I'm not saying they thought this inside the building. This is what we thought. But we thought that, you know, Mariota was a bridge quarterback. He was a Band-Aid. We figure out what we have with Ritter, and if we don't, then we draft another high-level quarterback this year in what we expect to be a very deep quarterback draft. That was sort of what we thought. At least what I thought to a certain extent was one of the paths long-term for the team. Well, if Marcus Mariota makes the playoffs with this team, he's not a bridge quarterback anymore. He's your starter. And do you want to stay there? How How do you get off a quarterback who took a team that was predicted to win five games this year, maybe six, uh, and when he gets you to the playoffs with nine or ten wins, how do you move off of him in favor of, of a player who's never taken a snap in real time in the NFL and Desmond Ritter? 49ers tried to do it. Their quarterback took him to a Super Bowl. They didn't just take him to the playoffs. They took him to a Super Bowl. They tried to move off of him. They're back on him. Now, it's because of injury, but, you know, it's not an easy thing to do. The Ravens moved off of Joe Flacco in favor of Lamar Jackson. Most people would tell you that's the right move. If we're grading this thing based off of playoff wins and Super Bowls and everything else, Flacco's got a Super Bowl, Lamar Jackson still does it. And they're still wondering if they should pay him long-term. It's really hard to move off successful quarterbacks in this league. Just is. Eagles did it. Dumped Carson Wentz in favor of Nick Foles. How'd that go? Didn't. Now, Carson Wentz did not any better, but that's not the point. So, you know, uh, there is a certain amount of risk involved in this whole thing for the Falcons and how they play it going forward. I guess you could argue it's a good problem to have, but this is a dilemma that now is going to develop over time. Marcus Mariota has created a problem that you could it argue is a good problem, but it also muddies the waters a little bit. I mean, even in the best-case scenario, like if you look at things objectively, right, and you try to forecast out the next two to three years, I mean, Marcus Mariota's is only 28. Is he your quarterback for the next four or five years? I don't know. Are there better quarterbacks out there than Marcus Mariota? Yes, lots of them. But that doesn't mean that you can't win. Look, Marcus had a good start in Tennessee. He had a good run in Tennessee. You know, and that to me uh, is where this team could sort of follow that script is take the two or three years you get out of them And then move off of them. But again, how in the world do you do this successfully? It's a very, very risky move. It's why teams are so hesitant to move off their quarterback that they have. Because the option of the next guy falling flat or not being as good or not working out or getting injured is much scarier than keeping the guy that you have. This is a problem that the Falcons will have to monitor. And I keep saying problem, I don't want it to be in a negative sense. This is a situation, we got a situation here, we got a situation. This is a situation that is going to continue to develop across the board. Could Desmond Ritter end up being trade bait? Could he end up not really ever playing? Could he end up not taking snaps till he's in the second last year of his contract, which would be year three, because they keep Mariota again for next year? Who knows? It's a very, very interesting sort of thing to discuss. Uh, and it's one of those things that certainly makes the Falcons uh a little bit of an enigma. And remember, you know, both of these quarterbacks are really cheap. Right? So it's that that's the, the saving grace of all this for the Falcons. Mariota's under contract, and he's cheap. Raider is under contract. And he's cheap. And what does that mean when you have cheap quarterback talent? You get to spend elsewhere. Hello, offseason. Hello, a lot of salary cap space. Hello. Could be a very interesting offseason for the Falcons. Cart in front of the horse, definitively. Right? Solving problems that aren't there yet, definitively. Yes. Just something I want to put in the back of your mind to say, hey, how is this going to unfold over the course of the next couple of weeks and months? All right, um, let's get to the Atlanta Hawks here. First, a word from our friends at betonline.net. Fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Guys, we got ball games tonight. A game five between the Yankees and Indians actually starts this afternoon. You uh, get Cleveland, that is the underdog here on the run line. Yankees are the favorite. Uh, there are a couple of K props out there. If you're into that sort of thing, bet online is all the information on all that. Cause you get news and reviews of every single league, major league baseball playoffs. You had a Monday night football game last night that you got great information on uh, as well as college football coming up this weekend, big matchups in the sec as always NBA again, starting this week, NHL combat sports, esports, even golf. It's all right there. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for sports wagering information. You can get live in-game betting tips, Scores podcasts and podcasts are great, it's a great way to do research to hear people work through their processes and their handicaps. They've got you covered at Bet Online. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action that is happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, um, interesting thing that happened. I was watching Monday Night Football last night and just sort of you know, because the game was a little bit of a you know, it was like that. Uh, I was just scrolling through Twitter and somehow I missed them like dinner and everything else and doing some chores around the house that I, I guess around six o'clock last night, the Atlanta Hawks signed Deandre Hunter to a four-year contract extension right before the 6 p.m. deadline. Um, Four-year deal worth 90 million guaranteed up to five millions in incentives. Uh, salaries start at just 20 million per season. They escalate from there. Okay. Um, Hunter, who's only 24, averaged 13.3 points, 3.3 rebounds, and 1.3 assists in 53 games last season. Hunter is often injured over the last two years, which is a maximum of 164 games. He's only played in 76. They play 82 games a season, which means over the last two years, he hasn't even played a full season. All righty then. Here we go. Um, I was a little perplexed by this. Uh, no. Nah- Not because I think it's necessarily a bad move. I'm going to keep saying I don't think this is a terrible move. I don't think this is a terrible decision. What I think is I hope this is part of a bigger picture that I'm not seeing yet. I mean, for all the consternation and all the attempts to get rid of John Collins, who by all accounts is probably a better overall player than DeAndre Hunter, um. There was equal consternation about how much he wanted to extend Hunter and whether he was going to be a key part of this team going forward. And, yes, GMs and teams in general have this thing where they are afraid to move off a high-level draft pick because they don't want – one, they don't want to admit that they were wrong. Two, they don't want to waste the investment of a high-level pick and then figuring out, like – you know, oh, if we miss on this guy, we invested so much draft capital into him and money and everything else to to let him go for next to nothing or let him walk at free agency. It's like a real kick in the pants. One of the theories I suppose about this is that maybe, believe it or not, this makes DeAndre Hunter more tradable at some point this year. You have him under salary control. The team that gets him would trade him. Has him under control for the next four years. It's a moderate salary, comparatively speaking, to things in the NBA. I know it seems like a lot. And I know DeAndre Hunter making $25 million a year, making $100 million seems like a little bit crazy. But in reality, the way NBA salaries are structured at this point in time, Kevin Durant's making $40, right? Some of these guys out there making $35, $40. So DeAndre Hunter, you know, let's just use baseball terms, guys. All right. Aaron Judge is about to make $35. $38 $38 million a year in free agency next year. The Braves got Austin Riley for 21. It's a really low price. So comparatively speaking to the peers. Now, you could argue that DeAndre Hunter isn't anywhere near close to Kevin Durant. You're right, but that's not the point. The point is, is that middle-of-the-road players are in that high teens, low 20s salary range. It's fair to say DeAndre Hunter is a middle-of-the-road player offensively. Defensively, he's very good. You don't pay that much for defense, but still... This is where we are. So I go back to maybe he is more tradable because the team doesn't have to worry about giving away draft capital and not resigning him. So they got him under contract. It's, again, a manageable contract. It's not a very long contract that if they wanted to get out of in two years, they could they could easily do. Um, so maybe that salary control, maybe that salary stability of DeAndre Hunter makes him a little bit more tradable this season that's the one theory i can suppose but for a team that was so k- intent on an organization that looked like it was so intent on flipping things over and turning things over and and making um some major moves to get this team to be a top 4 team in the east i i i kind of just scratch my head a little bit about this one especially because you're looking at a player who is so often injured and has missed so much time to commit to to commit to giving this player a significant amount of money seems a little bit like it's a let's just conservatively call it an aggressive move <clears throat> excuse me i mean I'm a little perplexed by, it. like, I'm not even going to lie, like, I'm I'm still trying to process what all this is. If it's as simple as, "Hey, we're keeping Trey, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, Clint Capella together, and we're going to continue to go at this thing," okay. I I don't know if that's the best philosophy. I don't think it's a very sound philosophy. I don't think it ever makes you in the next let's let's say two seasons after this one a top four team in the East. I'll say it again: If you're not going to be a top four seed in the East, you literally have no chance to get to the finals. None. You're not going to get through two of the other top four teams to get there. You're just not. Sorry. It's not going to happen. They're 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 considerably better than you are. And I'll go back and I'll say it again: The worst thing to happen to the Hawks was them beating Philadelphia in the playoffs two years ago. Beat the Knicks, fine. Beating the Knicks doesn't count for anything, and I'm a Knicks fan. Beating Philadelphia, uh, that was a joy on the Ben Simmons team. Beating them raised the bar of expectations for this team way above where it should have been. Their win total this year, guys, set at 45 and a half. I mean, if they exceed that, at best, they're a five seed. You gotta figure there are at least three fifty win teams. And then there'll be a 47, 48 win team. There might even be a 60 win team in the East. And oh, by the way, we keep talking about Milwaukee, we keep talking about Boston, and we keep talking about Miami. Uh, and guess what? We keep forgetting about that Nets team that will have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant on the floor for a better for all the entire season this year due to stupid vaccine New York moronic stuff last year. I mean, who knows if they're gonna work? All I do know is that when you have two of the top fifteen players on your court, uh, on, on on the court at the same time for your team, you're probably going to be pretty good. So I can't say I, I wholeheartedly understand the the move here for uh, for DeAndre Hunter, but I mean, whatever. I, you know, I I hope there's a bigger plan here that I'm missing. That's all I'm going to say about it. I genuinely hope that there's a bigger plan that I'm missing. All right, let's get to something that the Braves have said that I think has people trending in the wrong direction. But first, shovels of wisdom. Brace yourselves, because it's time for the shovel of wisdom. You know how we do it every day. We have to set somebody straight, hit them right upside the head with a shovel of wisdom. And today my shovel goes to Rob Manfred and Buster Olney. He will give out two today. We'll give out two today. Uh, Rob Manfred gets it, obviously, for making fans wait out in the rain uh, last night for three hours before he decided to, you know, uh, cancel the game or postpone the game, game five of the ALDS until today. So... Yeah, let's let's not do that. Uh that was stupid. You should have known ahead of time with the forecast. So you guys we, we have really advanced technology when it comes to weather and radar and everything else. And so uh yeah. I uh uh I, I don't get the decision. It was just stupid. You could have canceled the game, you know, at six o'clock and said, Yeah, we're not gonna get this thing in. Let's just move on. But nonetheless. And and Buster only gets one because he made a tweet yesterday, and I've heard people bitching about this. Um you know, nonstop because of the way the Major League Baseball playoffs have come out. Buster Olsen said, a way to greatly reduce the complaining about the postseason format. Let the respective number one seeds design their path, allow them to choose a bye or not, and all would take the bye, and then pick the two other playoff teams to be on their side of the bracket. That would be fun. Um, I got a better idea, Buster, and, and hear me out here for a moment. Hear, just hear me out. If you just play better like you did over 162 games, uh, guess what? You'll move on. I, I, I'm, I'm, why do we have to come up with these? Nobody thought the wild card Padres and the wild card Phillies would be in the NLCS. I get that. But live with it, man. Live with it. Is it going to be great ratings if it's the Guardians and the Padres? No, it's not. Am I going to watch? No, I'm not. Why? Because I don't care. That said, live with it, man. It can't always be Yankees-Dodgers. Sorry. Just is what it is. Stop with the stupid ideas. Before we get to the Braves, I want to tell you about Puff's Built Bar Cookie Dough Chunk. Why? Guys, it's delicious. You know, when when you want a snack, right, and you want to get something sweet, because I have a huge sweet tooth, you know, and I don't want to overload myself with stuff that isn't healthy, Puffs Built Bar Cookie Dough Chunk Bars are the perfect snack. Why? Covered in real milk chocolate, only 116 calories, 15 whopping grams of protein. I mean, it is the perfect snack to have when it's late at night uh, and you don't want to stuff yourself or in between meals as you're trying to just float yourself over, give you a little energy kick. You know, you're dragging in the middle of the day. You get one of these Puffs Bars. Uh, it They are amazing. Uh, it, it real dunks, real dunks, real chunks of cookie dough. Uh, and, and they have such a light, chewy texture, delicious, healthy for you. I mean, these are the perfect snack guys go to built.com, get yourself a box, stuff them in your drawer at your office, right? Hide them away in the pantry somewhere. Heck, put them in your closet, keep them away from the kids because they're going to love them too. The entire family is going to love built bar puffs, cookie dough. Chunk. Go to built.com right now. Use the promo code locked on 15 to get 15% off your first order. Again, use the promo code locked on 15 to get 15% off your first order. All right, uh to the Braves. Because I found this interesting. I found this interesting. Um, Terry McGurk and company, um, and and Alex Anthopoulos and uh Brian Snicker met with the media via Zoom and they said something that was I thought was very interesting. And I think it's got Braves fans leaning in the wrong direction about one thing. Um, Terry McGurk again, who's the the, the Braves president talked about um, being in the top five in payroll, right? Uh, McGurk said, quote, my goal now is to get to be a top five payroll team. And automatically everybody (laughs) Everybody is sitting there thinking, oh, well, if we're going to do that, we must be re-signing Dansby Swanson. Folks, you got to start thinking straight here. Um, If I hear top five payroll team, I don't hear Dansby Swanson. You know what I hear? Jacob DeGrom. That's what I hear. I hear a rotation of DeGrom, Freed, Strider, Wright, and Charlie Morton. That's what I hear, and and I would challenge any team in baseball to find a better starting five. That is ace, ace, ace-level stuff, and then Wright and Morton, and Wright is a pretty darn near good number two starter, and in reality, he's your number four on this staff. That's what I hear. I don't hear Gansby Swanson, objectively. Would you rather have Jacob DeGrom or Dansby Swanson? Whoa. Uh, yeah, that's a Jacob DeGrom kind of. For me, that's DeGrom, 100%. Teammates enough home runs. You, you, you could pay Vaughn Grissom next to nothing and let him play short. And I don't care if the production drops off. I'm not saying Vaughn Grissom's as good as Dansby Swanson. Dansby Swanson is top five shortstop in this league. Fine. Jacob DeGrom is one of the top five pitchers in this league. Would you rather have the better pitching or the better shortstop? Me, I'll take the better starting pitching, always, always. I mean, do the Braves have a lot of confidence in Von Grissom? Yeah, should they? Absolutely. Do they think he would be a, a one-for-one replacement for Dansby? No, I don't think they think that. I just think the upgraded starting pitching is a lot, lot better. You know, I mean, that's that's really what it boils down to. So, you know. Uh when, when I hear top five payroll, I hear you're going after the biggest names out there. That's what I hear. Now, is there a world where they could get both of them? Sure. Sure. But uh that, that takes you to top five. That takes you like top two. Cause the Braves payroll right now is at like 180 million. Uh Ed 25, 27 for Dansby. That puts you at, you know, right over. 205 and then Jake the Grom's would be a, at 230. You're the, you're like the highest payroll in the league. 230, 240, you're at the highest payroll in the league. I don't think they're gonna go there. I think you get one. We'll see. To me, that's really, really interesting. That's and, and it's a it's a <laughs> it's an interesting thought process. Uh you know, and the Braves have this this sort of cash cow with the battery, and Terry McGurk even talked about it, you know. They got this great place to come watch a baseball game, you know and and this sort of model, I think a lot of other teams are going to do. listen, I grew up a Yankees fan you know going to Yankee Stadium as a kid was great. There was one bar next to it and it was in a bad neighborhood in the Bronx. Now they built up the neighborhood around Yankee Stadium now to make it make it a little bit nicer and a little bit more amenable, and there are other bars around it, but there's nothing better than being able to, being able to go out to a Braves game. you know you can have dinner somewhere, have a couple of drinks, walk across with your kids. You know, you know you're in a safe area the whole time. Nothing bad's going to happen. You're not going to get carjacked or anything like that. Like, it's just a really amazing way to go watch a baseball game. And so they have this, this cycle of the battery money coming in. Uh, attendance keeps going up. You know, money, money, money going through the battery. And the Braves get all of it. I mean, it's, you know, it's a cash cow. They have an advantage over a lot of other teams in, the, uh, in Major League Baseball. And the crazy part is, is they don't even own their own regional sports network. The Yankees do. The Cardinals own theirs. Um, there's a couple of other one, other teams out there who own their own television network. The Orioles do, along with – well, the Nationals don't get – the Nationals aren't on it. But the Orioles own Mass and the Mid-Atlantic Sports Network. Those are things that churn out money for you. You get an extra stream of revenue by owning a television station. So uh, Braves have their, their own stream of revenue from the battery kind of like the same thing i want to remind you guys um to check out locked on falcons why my buddy aaron freeman does a fantastic job every single day and we appreciate you guys making locked on falcons your first listen every single day during football season but make sure you check out key nfl predictions every friday at locked on nfl locked on's local experts give you the inside scoop on the five biggest games of the NFL weekend, including Sunday and Monday night football, plus betting advice from the field's leading betting experts. Bet online. Follow NFL Key Predictions every Friday at Locked On NFL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts that'll do it for us here today on this Tuesday back tomorrow for a Wednesday edition again don't forget to check us out on Roku TV subscribe to the YouTube channel give a thumbs up to all the content we're free on YouTube wherever you get your podcast you search Locked On Sports Atlanta check out all the shows on the Locked On Sports Atlanta network this is A to Z you guys have a wonderful Tuesday don't take any crap from anybody see you